Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. The Taz Show presents the amazing mayoral race. Yes, London going to the polls this coming Monday. There's a lot of people who want to be mayor of our city. One of them is Tanya Park, and she joins us here in the studio. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, Taz. And Jim is here as well. Hi, Tanya. And good morning, Jim. <laughs> How you doing? You. Good to see you, too. This is crunch time for you, right? Absolutely. And on top of that, I'm still working as a counselor, so it's crunch, crunch, crunch all the time. <laughs> you have council meeting tonight, then? We do at 4 o'clock. What's on the agenda tonight? Um, our planning environment committee agenda from last week um, in Civic Works and CAPS. <laughs> Someone has to do that work, Taz. Someone has to do that work. I'm sorry, what's going on? <laughs> so you are the only member of city council that is running for mayor, correct? Yep, I'm the only one with city council experience. And you are the councillor for Ward 13. What ward is that? Like, what what area of the city are we talking yep, about? Right where we're standing just now, downtown and oh. the neighborhoods around it. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So you're right downtown. All the time. Do you live downtown? I just live a few blocks away on South Street. You are the only candidate supporting bus rapid transit, BRT. Why do you support BRT? And why do you think that is? It, it's such a divisive issue here in London, Ontario? Yeah, I think the last council had a lot of problems with backdoor meetings and backroom meetings. This council, when we took office, we slammed that back door shut and made everybody walk through the front door and follow the rules. So I don't know if there's people in our community trying to drive BRT as the wedge issue to reclaim those backdoor meetings and those backdoor channels, but I'm not about that. So when we talk about bus rapid transit, we know we've got serious congestion problems in our city. When Oxford Street despite the fact that there are rail separations there, is a parking lot between 3 o'clock to 6, we have significant issues. So what we need to do is uh, make it more attractive for people to get into public transit, and the way to do that is give them reliable service. As a transit user, I use the bus every day. And when my bus doesn't show up or it's 20 minutes late, that means I'm 20 minutes late, and that doesn't help me or anybody else who's trying to get to work on time. Did you support the uh, the light rail as well, or were you always bus. Yeah, so when we had the very beginning conversation about where we were going to go, I supported LRT as a preliminary preferred option so that we could get more information about where our ridership projections were and those sorts of things. And it came back to us that the numbers just weren't there to sustain LRT here in London. So what we did was we supported BRT with an option to go forward with LRT once we have the population base and the ridership to sustain it. You also, one of uh, one of the things you brought up as a councillor was making London a sanctuary city. Where do you stand on that now? Is that still something you would like to push for as mayor? Yeah, so we've, it's actually a decided matter of council at this point. Uh, the nomenclature changed to access without fear. And what it is, is training for our frontline city staff about how to work with individuals that are not documented to ensure that we walk them through the process to become documented and how we treat them with respect and dignity and all those things. You were not going to run for re-election as a councillor. Then it was announced Matt Brown wasn't going to be running for re-election, and you made the decision that you were going to step up and run for mayor. So why weren't you going to run for council again? Um, and what made you decide to run for mayor instead? Yeah, so when I said I wasn't going to be running for Ward 13, I had begun working with a woman to enter politics, and there's no way I'm ever going to pull the rug out from under someone like that. Um, I was watching the preliminary mayoral race before May 1st, and I couldn't hear anybody talking about the things that I think is important to push forward. A lot of the progress that's been achieved over the last four years, there's no conversation about pulling those things forward, like the London plan, like bus rapid transit, like all sorts of things that really make London an exceptional place to live. So I couldn't sit quiet, and that's why I'm running. 
What do you think, besides that, is the biggest issue in this election? I think uh, poverty, homelessness, mental health and addictions are like the Gordian knot. And it's one giant problem that's so interconnected that you cannot pull them apart. But it's one thing that we're really facing as a community, the most difficult thing to address, but we have to address it. What would you do? Like, I know it's you say it's a big intertwined subject, but what are your ideas to fix the problem? Yeah, even over the course of this campaign, I've been reaching out to other regional candidates and talking about how we need to do regional advocacy in Toronto on this. Because we've seen when there's a lone voice going to Toronto to talk about an issue like this, you don't get the same um, reaction. But if all of southwestern Ontario can come together with one unified voice to Toronto and say, these are the serious problems that we're having here in our community, communities, plural, and you need to address that and take that message up to Ottawa also. So we've got like groups like the Federation of Canadian Municipalities and AMO, but those are still just two singular voices. But when you have uh, municipalities that are coming to the carpet together, I think that that's a very powerful statement. So that's one of the things I want to do. Tanya Park is in the FM 96 studio. She wants to be the mayor of London. What's your favorite TV show, Tanya? Oh my gosh. Favorite TV show. Um, I'm really liking Designated Survivor right now. I'm just catching up on that when I have 15, 20 minutes. I've never heard of it. That? Designated Survivor? Yeah, it's, it's on Netflix. Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer, right? Yes. Not quite done the first season yet, but I enjoy it. And what kind of music do you listen to? I listen to FM96 quite often. Boom! Nice. There you go. Thank there you. There you go. So I hear you when you talk about me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. I also listen to 104. But what is listen. your favorite kind of music? Like, if you weren't listening to the radio, you pulled out an iPod, you're going to select a song. What what yeah. artist are you going for? Um, I'm big into the 90s alt and also classic rock, so I've actually got a Pink Floyd tattoo. Not many people know that about Whoa. me. Whoa! She just got some votes from Pink Floyd lovers. <laughs> <laughs> what, so, what is the tattoo? Is it, it is it the triangle with it the is, yeah. with the light shining through it? Yeah. Dark side of the moon. It is. That's pretty sweet. Can you tell us where it is, or is I that a secret for your husband? <laughs> Dark side of the moon. I gotta guess. <laughs> yeah, no, wrong. <laughs> okay, Tanya. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming in. And I, I know this is a little bit different, but... The Taz Show presents the amazing mayoral race. Yes, here we go. Tanya Park is looking to become the mayor of London. And you can't do that without running the Taz Show amazing mayoral race. We've set up an obstacle course in the Great Hall here at FM 96. Jim Kelly is out there with Tanya. Jim, explain exactly the challenges that we have put in front of this contestant. Okay, Tanya, she's standing right beside me right now. Tanya, I'm just going to do a quick run through of what we expect through this uh, amazing mayoral race course. First, you're going to shake Chelsea's hand from promo. She has a baby doll beside her. It has a GoPro strapped to its chest. You're going to then proceed to kiss the baby after the uh, handshake. Follow these arrows on the ground. There's a two by four with some duct tape on it and it says budget in black marker. You're going to walk that like a balance beam, hence balance the budget as it says budget on it. <laughs> You're going to continue to follow these green arrows as we get close to the office couch and Brad, uh, boss Brad has a bunch of uh, ball pit balls with scandals written on them like DUI, racist tweet, embarrassing family member, you got to dodge those balls, a.k.a. dodge the scandal. You follow me so far, Tanya? I, you. I hear it all. Okay. Yeah. Then you come here and to another man whose head kind of looks like a big old ball, Dev Peacock. 
What's that? I said that's rude. Look at she's got morals already, guys. Uh, he's gonna uh, he's got a question peacocked and loaded for you. He's gonna he's gonna throw it at you here as you stand by this podium, Tanya. You answer the question as well and as quick as you can. You move over here uh, to the uh, to the ribbon cutting ceremony. We got giant scissors. You're gonna cut that uh, ribbon. Then we're gonna run back down this hall into the studio with Taz. Shake his hand. Take a photo op in front of the uh, the backdrop, and we're done. Awesome. Have you stretched? I did actually. On three, we'll get going here. Are you Taz, ready? you ready? I'll I'm count ready. It down. On your marks. Tanya Park wants to be mayor. Get set. Go! Okay, here she goes. Crisp handshake. Great start. Oh, she's acknowledging the baby. Now she's moving over to the, bu uh, the budget. We have a deficit with the municipal budget. Okay, rock that. Very balanced. Balls are happening. She's dodged every ball. Very well. Now she's over to Devin's question. Of marijuana shops. We'll find out. There we go. We all have a conversation about it. Okay, just. Re I'm sorry. I, I need her to go back. Go, go again. We had a marijuana mission. will be legal tomorrow. Should London opt out of uh, pot shops when the, the new council's in? We're gonna have to have a big old conversation about that, Devin. Oh, she dodged that question better than those balls. Now we're on to the ribbon cutting. Great oh, cut, great cut into the studio snap. for the final. Oh, she dropped the scissors like she did not care. You don't want to run with the scissors. Now come over here for the photo op. Are we ready? Look at the camera. We got it. Nice. And that is it. Time, Eric. What is her time? 59 seconds. 59. Just broke the minute barrier. She kept it under a minute. Tanya Park, come on back in here. Don't run out of here after that performance. It's tough. No, that you want to keep going. I don't know. You want to keep working. I don't know if there's more in the other hallway. Like... No, that's it. No, that was pretty good. Now, I may have missed something, Taz, but did you avoid kissing the baby, Tanya? I did, because consent is important. Oh! The Tanya <laughs> Park is uh, on the ballot, if you want to vote for her, and you will be able to check out a video of her taking part in our obstacle course on the Taz Show blog at fm96.com. We're joined by a couple very special guests here in the studio. From your London Knights, we've got Joseph Raymakers and Josh Nelson. Good morning, guys. Yeah, how are you? Good Thank, morning. Thanks for getting up early. You have a morning skate today, or uh, we work out at ten thirty, so we still got a little bit of time. <laughs> that's not too early. That's that's about right. Stop for breakfast <laughs> on your way. Well, it's it's good to see. You. I know you. Uh, you guys must be a little tired after a busy weekend. Three games, boom, boom, boom on the weekend. Two of them on the road. That can't be easy, Joseph. Uh, no, it's tough. I mean, you got to take it one game at a time. But um, no, I thought uh, we played we played pretty well, and we're looking to build off uh, this past weekend and uh, this weekend coming up. As one of the now veteran players on the team, are you optimistic with uh, the new talent that's been brought in this season? Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fun to see. I think our young guys come up and play. I mean, I'm I'm a '98, and they're. Uh, Oh two, so um, Jeez, it's man. a big, big difference. And I mean, those guys—they—they they have a lot of skill, but it's—it's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. What do you guys do for a rookie party for the London Knights? I mean, within reason. We don't need to know all the details, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if Nelly wants to answer that. Oh geez, um, no. I mean, rookie party. You know, we all get together, 
you know, have some jokes, something like that. Do you that. get stuck with the bill? I know some professional sports teams will go out for dinner and then they'll stick all the older guys, stick the rookies with like a $5,000 tab. Has that happened? I remember my first year we uh, went to Buffalo Wild Wings and there was like four rookies at the time and... I know, like, the bill was at least 600, 700 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you still got mom's credit card. <laughs> 17. OSAP money. You're applying for it over the phone. Well, what is it like for you, Josh? It's so funny. I see you guys play, and we're at the games on the weekends, and with your equipment on, you look so so big and so old. And then, Josh, to see you standing here, uh, it's you realize that you guys are just young guys. What has the experience been like uh, for you as a London Knight? Um, really, honestly, it's been really cool. I mean, the the team in general, like, the guys are great. You know, coming my first year, being a rookie, 17 years old, with wide-eyed, it's been insane. But now, like, looking at it as an old guy, looking down, being like, I gotta take care of these young guys now. Look, O twos. It's it's completely different. It's so funny to old hear guy. you say. Yeah. Now that I say it, those young guy. guys, I <laughs> wish I was an old guy like you. That would be pretty. Isn't sweet. it funny though when you are in grade ten? Let's say how much older a grade twelve seems. There is a, it yeah. d- there is a significant difference, you know. So, well, your bodies are changing, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to have that talk yeah. here. Uh, Joseph, I was watching some video of you. I think Mike Stubbs posted it. A pre-game ritual. You're doing some serious juggling. Is that like almost circus level juggling uh, before you went out on the ice. Is that something you do before every game? Yeah, I try to put implement that uh, before every game. I started when I was about 15, 16. It took me a couple months to learn and I just kind of stuck with it, but I think once you learn it, you ca- it's pretty hard to to lose it. So it's kind of is it common for goalies to learn how to juggle, or was that I, something you thought would give you an advantage? Um, I mean, I see a lot of guys do it, like at the higher levels, and I, I would probably say that probably ninety ninety five percent of goalies know how to juggle. So are you up to the thing um, where you bounce it off the wall and catch it too? Yeah, you got yeah. The tricks. So I'm tr- I like I really really want to get to four balls, <laughs> but uh, that's pretty tough. Like and then chainsaws. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. That'd be cool. We should get Scorzy to do that in between periods. That would be good for the crowd. See if Dale likes that. How's your How's your uh, your billet family, Josh? You got a good one? Yeah, my billet family's great. Um, they took me in as a 17 year old, and you know they feed me and everything like that. So I can't complain. What's the best meal they make in, in the Ooh. billet family household? Pretty simple. Um, their chicken and rice is unbelievable. It sounds sounds pretty basic, but their yeah. their rice is out of this world. Well, you, if you get bad chicken that's cooked incorrectly, it's the worst. But if you get a nice, perfectly like moist, juicy piece of chicken, <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. And what's this I hear about? Is it brownies or cookies that your billet mom makes for you, Joseph? Uh, I like brownies are kind of my favorite dessert. So she's <laughs> um, ever since I've got traded here, traded here last October, she's she's almost made brownies every week. <laughs> Um, I Only mean, if you win. You get a brownie <laughs> if you win. <laughs> yeah, she used to give me like cookies or brownies after games and stuff, so uh, it was kind of nice to, even after a bad loss, kind of. You really yourself. do form a bond with those billet families, don't you? For sure, yeah, it's absolutely. it's kind of nice. They're it's a home away from home, and they they make you feel comfortable, and especially when you're a young guy, like 
it, it's huge. Just a, it's just a big help. How were uh, things in Columbus? I hear it's a hidden gem for people who haven't been to Columbus. It's a pretty cool place. It is a really nice city. I, I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of greenery around the city, and it's it's not like Toronto where there's people walking all over each other. It's it's pretty quiet downtown, but um, it's just really nice. And, and to have Foodie and Billy Moskal there as well was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. Well, you guys, uh, some exciting hockey already this season. This weekend, two home games uh, back-to-back Friday and Saturday, and something special for fans on Saturday night. If you show up and you're one of the first 3,500 people, our friends from Bud and Bud Light have donated uh, wireless headphones. So you get a pair of wireless headphones That's for huge. going to Saturday's game. Friday, it's the Knights versus Oshawa and Kitchener going to be in town on Saturday. We look forward to seeing Joseph Raymakers and Josh Nelson on the ice. Guys, thanks for stopping by the Taz Show this morning. Thanks Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. Go Knights, go. It's weird that the the weather gets cold and all of a sudden the men start getting (laughs) naked in the area. Um, There's a story out of Toronto we were discussing earlier where a guy stripped down, jumped into the aquarium at the Ripley's uh, uh, Aquarium. Mm -hmm. He was swimming around with the sharks underneath him. People pulled out their cameras. We've got video posted on the FM 96 Facebook fan page. Cops are looking for the guy. Apparently he's from B.C. And earlier in the afternoon, he assaulted somebody at Medieval Times as well. What a day. Fully clothed during the Medieval Times attack. He didn't take his pants off and try to joust with somebody. (laughs) But then he stripped down and jumped in and, uh, and swam with the shark. So cops are looking for this guy. And then a couple of incidents here in London, Ontario, Jim. Yeah, there was a man in custody after he stripped naked and harassed multiple people before running down a street in East London. And then he was tackled by the police. Uh, And then there's also a 58-year-old man uh, who was naked and spotted on three occasions near Western University. And he got busted recently. Now, we were told that our co-worker, Matt Weaver, he does the afternoon show on Country 104... He was a witness in one of these naked men incidents yesterday here in the city of London. Weaver joins us on the phone. Good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. Thanks for waking up early for us. I know you had a bit of a uh, traumatic day yesterday. I'm still shaking about it. (laughs) So what happened? Where were you? Which one of these naked men did you see? Um, So I saw the one that was in downtown London about 7 or 7.30 last night. Okay. And so, what was the, how did the scene unfold or undress, as it were? It started about five minutes prior to my arrival. So what I saw was um, uh, basically a commotion. I was walking on Fullerton Street in the downtown between Richmond and Talbot, and all of a sudden I heard a woman yelling. So my girlfriend and I, who were walking with the dog, uh, take a look over, and we see a guy entering a car. It's uh, parked out front of one of the call centers there on Fullerton. And, and when he gets in, it's, it's, it takes you about a second, but you realize, I think that guy's butt naked that just got into that car. But, but when, <laughs> when he got into the car, somebody got out of the car. It turns out that he had, from what I saw, just gotten into some woman's car who was sitting there after her work day. So he wow, got so in the you're car. sitting in a car and a naked man randomly jumps in. That would freak you out. You'd have to get out. No, she absolutely did. She she got right out of the car. Then I, I wasn't sure if they were friends or just passerby, uh, but they had seen it as well and came up and then told the guy, like, get the heck out of the car right now. So I realized there was a problem. We kind of put down the milk and the groceries and whatever and walked over to see what was happening. And then all of a sudden, naked man burst out of the car 
and just starts flapping and running down. The- <laughs> flapping. <laughs> His arms, right? Like he's trying to fly away? <laughs> That's when you take the dog off the leash, Weaver, and say, <laughs> go get a treat, boy. Well, you don't know if he's in some sort of medical duress or if he's in trouble or yeah. if he just had something he wasn't supposed to have. Uh, you could hear him mumbling about there was something on a cigarette that he had enjoyed earlier in the day, so you knew something was up. But then, so he's running down the street flapping. He goes into a bus stop, uh, accosts, and a, uh, sorry, I, I don't want to accuse him of anything, but what looked to be an, uh, an assault on a homeless man, and then ran directly uh, through the parking lot on Fullerton towards Carling, where they've got Fanshawe College now, and that's where he went inside. He went inside Fanshawe College. And the cops show up? Did you see the cops come? Yeah, they all came in. They talked him down. They actually, I shout out to London Police. I was completely impressed with the way that they dealt with the situation. Uh, they were calm, collected the whole time. No violence was used once. It was, it was quite impressive to see them, uh, them deal with the situation uh, and then get everything under control. They didn't have to tase him or anything like that, eh? No, I had warned them that he may or may not have assaulted someone, so they kind of had it, you know, had it in their their minds that if necessary they would have to use it but never used it once and then were able to talk the man down it was it was quite impressive actually you sure you had to see that <laughs> i will never forget it that's that's <laughs> i think i might have to burn my phone for the videos and photos that we're taking too oh, oh you got video <laughs> oh my goodness yeah, i've done that too where it's like is that guy naked but then it turns out he's just wearing like tan pants and a really light shirt yeah uh, too this- close to the skin tone this this man was uh, not wearing that. He was, and he was definitely uncut. So yeah, good <laughs> well, Too much information, Weaver. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Weaver from Country One Hundred and Four, just down the hall from us here at FM ninety six, does the afternoon show, and apparently sees some interesting things while he's out walking his dog in downtown London. Here's another scam that's going around. This is an email. This has been an issue here. At FM 96, apparently. I got it. Did you get it? Yeah. I got it, too. So somebody has been on the wrong websites here at work. <laughs> Uh-oh. And, yeah, might might have been you, Jim. We are now getting emails sent to us. Subject line, you are my victim. Body of the email reads, hi, victim. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, victim. This is my last warning. I write you because I put a malware on the web page with porn that you have visited. My virus grabbed all your personal info and turned on your camera, which captured you in the process of your ornanism. I think they're trying to say orgasm. <laughs> so they have a video of you having an ornanism. Just after the soft saved uh, contact list, I will delete the compromising video if you pay me 300 euro in Bitcoin. This is the address for your payment. There's a link here. I give you 24 hours after you open my message for making the transaction. As soon as you read the message, I'll see it right away. It is not necessary to tell me that you have sent the money to me. This address is connected to you. My system will delete everything automatically after transfer confirmation. If you need 48 hours, just reply to this letter with plus sign. So he's giving you 24, but he gives you the option to extend it to 48. (laughs) Not bad. 
Not that bad a guy. You can visit the police station, but nobody can help you. <laughs> I don't live in your country, so they cannot track my location even for eight months. Goodbye. Don't forget about the shame. <laughs> and to ignore, your life can be ruined. Holy cow. I feel a little more confident that my grandma won't get scammed by that one because there's no way she can figure out Bitcoin. <laughs> like how, like you, I know you got to click the link, but it seems like a lot of co- extra steps. I thought you were going to say because grandma's probably not visiting porn websites, <laughs> but okay, because she can't figure out Bitcoin, Jim. <laughs> like they asked me for 500. Why do they ask you for 300? Your shame is higher. <laughs> That's right. You've got more shame. They know I'm less likely to pay. <laughs> ah, whatever. Put it out there. I don't care. So uh, if you get that uh, sent to your inbox, chances are it is a scam as well. Hi, victim. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> Yesterday, we were investigating an urban legend here in London, Ontario. Jim, you posted a video that you found online. It it was uh, a woman who was climbing down into a sewer in the Western Fair District, right? Yeah, her head was bobbing up and down above the asphalt, and then she disappeared. Went right down into the sewer. Yeah, so people are speculating, are there sewer people living amongst us or underneath us in London? Yeah, an underground community, so to speak. So we, we started asking people if they had any information or if they had seen any suspicious activity in the sewers here in London. And we got a call from a woman. This is one of my favorite calls uh, in recent memory anyways. Uh, this uh, this lady's great. Hi there. This is Bernadina Blabbergina calling. And I heard a long time ago back in the 90s about a subculture called Scuds. Uh-huh. Subhuman underbottom dwellers. What? Scuds. I've heard of the Scuds as well. Yeah, and they live in the sewer systems, and they have escape hatches, and they come up in the middle of the night just to take a peek and see what's going on. So during the day, they're in the sewers, and then at night, they come out to play. Yeah, kind of like trolls under the bridges. Yeah, vampires. Gotta watch out for them. (laughs) Before we move too further ahead, did you say your name was Berdino Blabbergini? I think so. I kind of forget sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are you, do you live in a sewer? Yeah, are you a sewer person? Are you a scud? No way. Is, I don't like underground. Is it a scud or is it a chud? Because there wasn't there a movie called Chud in the eighties you know with that sewer people. Yeah, I think it might I be the chud. I remember hearing about them the first time from one of my. I think it was a high school at that point in time, or maybe the first year of college. One of my sons. I've got four of them. They're all adults now. They're out there somewhere. They maybe have in the sewers. No, they have addresses. They can actually vote if they want to. They should vote. <laughs> I, listen, lady, I love you. Can you hold on the phone? Because I want to get your phone number so we can call you, okay? Oh, you want my phone number? Oh, yeah. goodness, do we? We want to maybe... Why don't you meet me down in front of the cop shop in a safe place and we'll exchange our calling cards? <laughs> okay, why don't you meet me? There's a there's a, uh, a manhole cover right outside the studio here. I'll meet you down there in about two hours, okay? I can't find you guys. Just go over to Cousin Vinny's and grab a slice. <laughs> okay. Oh, she works at Cousin Vinny's. I'll be there. Do you work at Cousin Vinny's? 
Me? No way. I don't work. I'm not allowed to. My dad said if I went out in the work force, I was likely to get shot for shooting my mouth off. <laughs> Bernardino Blavergini, everybody. Don't hang up. I want to get your phone number. You are a real treat. Thanks for calling in. So here's the bad news. She hung up. <laughs> we had we had so many people yesterday thinking that we had set that up, that that was a fake woman that we had call in for entertainment purposes. No, that was a real lady who called us. Her name again was... Hi there, this is Bernadina Blabbergina. <laughs> Ber- Bernadina Blabbergina? Like, sounds like sounds like a Gilda Radner character <laughs> yeah. from Saturday Night Live in the seventies. Hi there, this is Bernadina Blabbergina calling. <laughs> and I got a piece of my mind to give you. Okay, so the reason I w- I got back on this subject is because I received an email after the show yesterday with a bit of an explanation as to what was going on. Oh. in that video of the woman climbing down into the sewer says, hey, Taz, I was the one who took the sewer lady video. I thought I'd give you the backstory. Apparently, she had dropped something down there and asked some young kids that were behind the Western Fair Sports Center uh, warming up before their game to help uh, get go down the drain for her. But they, they wouldn't go down. They opened it up. She jumped right in. Then the kids took off because she thought they sh- thought she was crazy. I was outside grabbing some air when I saw her climbing down the sewer, and then popping in and out of the drain. She'd crawl out, lay on the ground for a few minutes, and go back in. The hole was about six and a half feet deep with two feet of water in it. She was probably high on something. Security did come by and check on her to make sure she was okay, and then they closed the drain back up. I don't think she was living in the sewer. Thanks for sharing my video, though. That's from Connor. Yeah. So, I mean, the good news is she's not living in a sewer. Sad news is it's still kind of a sad situation. Yeah, like. weird, weird one to see yeah. if you're sitting in a parking lot. Silver lining is we get to got to meet our new favorite person. <laughs> Hi there, this is Bernadina Blabbergina calling. <laughs> I love her. Hey, I just want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Taz Show podcast. If you want more, subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. All the podcast places.